listening to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Jeremy Shear. The show is brought to you by Conversa, a digital content agency that helps you create a month's worth of premium content in just 60 minutes. So SEO is always changing. From its earliest days when SEO first became a thing, it was never static. But now, with ChatGPT technology increasingly being built into search engines, we're at something like an inflection point with SEO. And I have with me today Liam Carnahan, who is a content strategist and SEO expert and owner of Inkwell Content Services. And Liam is here to talk about what content marketers need to know and do to get value from SEO both today and going forward. So Liam, great to have you on the show. Hey, Jeremy, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So let's get right into it. What's the number one most important change that's happening in SEO today? Well, it's going to come as no surprise that the one that's on everybody's mind at the moment is AI, generative AI. And we've, I think everyone in the SEO industry has sort of been sitting on the sidelines, biting our nails a little bit, because it's very clear that this is going to be probably the biggest change that's ever happened in the world of search since it started. But it's not entirely clear exactly how it's going to change. We have a little bit of an idea, but as usual, Google and other companies are quite cagey about the real details of things before they come out. So there's a lot of guesswork, a lot of anxious worrying happening on the outset. And, you know, I'm one of the people watching this very closely, too. We'll get to that in a second, kind of talking about what we know today and what you think might be coming. But first, let's back up just a little bit to give a little bit of context. You've been in the SEO game for around 15 years. Yeah, right? so I kind of stumbled into SEO by accident in about 2008, right after I graduated from college with a writing degree. And back then, I was just looking for a job that would pay me to write. I didn't even know what SEO was, but ended up getting hired by a content agency and stayed in the industry for a long time, most of my adult life. Okay, so you've been doing this for a while. And as I said earlier in my little spiel, SEO is always changing. It's never static, right? So give us a little bit of context. Like since you got started, what are some of the interesting or like major changes you've seen in SEO up to today? So yeah, anyone who's old enough will remember that when we first started to see SEO as an industry, This was when Google was really new and the algorithm was very young. It wasn't very sophisticated or it was sophisticated for the time, but compared to where it is now, my first job was really terrible. Honestly, it was writing so many really low quality, 300, 400 word articles stuffed with keywords. It was a content farm, what I worked on basically. It was all these young people in their twenties that were strapped to computers, just churning out as many pieces of content as possible in a single day. Fortunately, a few years after I started, Google came out with some of its big algorithm updates that made that strategy not successful. It got rid of keyword stuffing. It really started to focus on quality over quantity. And then that has never stopped. So every update since then has really been about rewarding content that's high quality and de-promoting content that is really poorly written. 
Beyond that, in the SEO industry, we spend a lot of time talking about the first page. It's kind of a gold standard. You want to be on the first page of Google. And it has just gotten harder to get onto the first page since we started for a few different reasons. First of all, there's a lot more people trying to get onto the first page for certain terms because businesses have figured out that SEO is a valuable you know, way to get more people onto your website. But beyond that, we've seen Google ads come in and take up more and more of the real estate. And we've seen what we call rich results, which are like when you Google, you know, how tall is Ben Affleck? You don't have to go to a web page to figure that out. Google just tells you or it gives you things that other people are asking or just tells you the answer without you having to click anywhere. Those are rich results. And those were huge. We were all freaking out. Everyone said SEO is dead when those came out because suddenly you know, it's going to be very hard to compete for things like your article about how tall Ben Affleck is suddenly didn't matter anymore. It only mattered to one website. So there's been times over and over where people say SEO is dead. This is going to kill the industry. It's never going to be the same. People love to be dramatic. And it really, what happens is it gets more competitive on the first page and it gets more competitive in terms of the quality of the content you have to create to get there. Okay. By the way, I think Ben Affleck is—he's pretty tall. I think he's like six four. I think I might have actually looked that. Okay, up well, yeah, Google probably told you right away. I mean, we could find out in two seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in, indeed. So now you said before that with AI, what might be coming down the pike is sort of of a different order, like a different magnitude. So before we get to like exactly what that might look like, let's get into the why. Like, why exactly is this such a big deal? compared to the changes that you described just, just now? Good question. So there's a few different things going on here. First, I think maybe you recall a few months ago when ChatGPT first came out, it was so scary and interesting and fascinating and exciting. And everybody was talking about it. Everybody was using it. And I think that was the time when people were like, oh, no, this is really going to ruin SEO. Now that I think we've had a little bit more time to sit with AI, I think a lot of that original fever is kind of overblown. We've kind of realized that chat GPT and AI isn't the amazing life-changing tool that we thought it was going to be, at least not now. I think it's going to get better, obviously, but I don't use it to write content, you know, which is something that everybody told me writers are going to go by the wayside. Uh, it can't write better than me, not yet anyway. And so I don't really use it for that. So one thing is a, major, a certain amount of hyperbole going on with this. But at the same time, if you do look at what Google is showing us that they're going to do. So it basically looks like when you go, this hasn't rolled out yet. There are certain people that get to use it uh, ahead of time. But when you will go onto Google, probably in the near future, and you search, you'll have the opportunity to turn on probably they'll call it barred by then, but it'd just be chat GPT for your results. So when you type in something like, I'm looking for affordable neighborhoods in the Northeast, right? Rather than getting a list of results, you will probably get something like what you would type into chat GPT, right? You'll get a, a nice long summary that explains all the different things to consider and neighborhoods to look at and states to look at and all that stuff. So that's the big change is that basically a huge amount of the first page real estate is now going to go over to generative AI results, which means that the whole idea of top 10 on the first page, 
the whole idea of the first page really might change. I mean, it may be that with certain searches, mm. there's only three or four people on the first page because the generative results take up so much space. These results do cite sources, so they will put a few sources along the side or within the content itself, and that's going to be a very competitive space to be in. But it does mean that for many, many searches, you know, instead of talking about a top 10, we might be talking about top three, and that's a huge change. Yeah. Okay. So meaning it's going to get even more competitive if there are only three slots. So... I mean, I'm no expert, but it seems to me like what you're describing, if more and more what you're going to get is content in response to a query rather than a list of websites, then all the work you've been doing for years, you know, if you're a brand to optimize your blog post and your website for SEO, I mean, is that stuff going to suddenly become irrelevant or is that still going to matter or is it somewhere in between? Somewhere in between. So one of the things that's really interesting to me, and this might seem like not a very big deal to most people, but when you look at the way it's going to roll out generative AI on Google, you will probably have the opportunity to toggle it on and off. So there are certain times, I use ChatGPT a lot, right? I use it for cooking. I use it for when I want a summary of a topic, but I don't want to read the whole thing, right? I don't want to dive into a whole Wikipedia rabbit hole. I think there are certain times when I turn to ChatGPT for searches, and there are certain times where I don't want ChatGPT to give me the response. I want it. I want a list of results of things that I can like really go and dive into. So, I do think that that's something really important for people to keep in mind: is that a lot of times people mm -hmm. don't want or need a generative AI response; they just want the traditional old list of content. The other thing to remember is, yes, there are going to be places within this generative AI responses, just as there have been with these featured results, like we we're talking about. When you see the whole Ben Affleck type thing, right? Somebody's article is being referenced there. Like Google provides a source to that article. So it's not really that different. It's a little bit more of it, but you'll still want to be within that zero position search results space. And then the other thing I think is interesting here is that this is the first time that Google's monopoly over search is really being called into question. While Google is going to continue to dominate search for the time being, this is the first time that I've really seen any sort of competitor show up and say, we're in the search game in a really major way too. I mean, you have Yahoo and you know all these other search engines that basically want to do what Google is doing. ChatGPT has now shown up and said, we're doing something completely different. And it's a, it's a different way to search. It's a different way to give people results. Something people forget about SEO, it's search engine optimization. It's not Google optimization. A lot of times it feels like it has been just Google optimization. But the truth is, if you're in search and if you're in the search industry, you should be thinking outside of Google, especially now, because I have a feeling that there's about to be a lot more opportunity to get yourself featured in search results that people are actually looking at that aren't necessarily on Google, that are on other tools. So in some ways, there's more opportunity. Mm -hmm. But what's really got to change here is people are going to have to be creative and think outside the box. And you're going to have to stop generating those really generic how-to, long-form you know, walkthroughs that are a regurgitation of the other 10 versions that are already on page one. That's not going to work anymore. What really needs to happen is you're going to have to get creative, bring in more human-oriented examples and thought leadership that Google 
or that generative AI can't come up with, that's where people are going to succeed. And none of that is really all that new. Yeah. You know, I've, and I, and I've certainly heard that before, right? That in order to succeed, you need to prioritize quality, right? Originality and so on, which can mean many different things. So can you give an example of, let's say, you know, what that might look like in this new world? What do we mean? Like, what do we mean when we say the content has to be, you know, better, more human and, and, and so on? Like, what does that mean to you? Well, I'm trying not to speculate too much about society at large here, but I have a feeling that we, uh, are you familiar with the phrase uncanny valley? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But for our, but for our listeners who may not be explain it's what that is. It's an old term. It goes back a while, but it basically refers to when you're looking at artificial intelligence of some sort and it just doesn't feel quite right. And it's a little bit unsettling. It's why we have movies like Megan coming out, right? Where like the whole idea of robots or AI is creepy. I mean, I'm a Battlestar Galactica nerd. Like that's a whole show based around this topic, right? It yeah. exists with AI generated content as well. And I think that most people will have had an experience where you're reading something and you think to yourself, this doesn't seem right. And it's hard to put your finger on why it's not like it's bad grammar. It's not like it's necessarily bad writing, but you just get this feeling your human brain gives you this sort of like, that's not right feeling. And it's gross and it's uncomfortable and it makes people turn away. And this is why I warn people from thinking we're just going to use AI to generate all of our content. You can probably generate halfway decent content with AI at this point. But can you generate content that doesn't gross your readers out by making it feel, you know, like, also the thing is, you have to remember AI is using content that already exists to create the content that it serves you. So it's not creating anything really, truly unique. This is where we have human advantage, right? We have brains that think of creative, unique things. That's what thought leadership is. We have experiences and stories that ChatGPT cannot have. ChatGPT cannot travel. It cannot have romantic experiences. It cannot have these human experiences that only we can have. And Google has come out and said that experience is one of the major qualities that it looks for mm -hmm. in ranking content. It wants real experience from people. I think this is one of the places where a lot of what you talk about, Jeremy, comes into play, right? Of extracting the knowledge from real humans, that stuff that doesn't exist anywhere, that mm. chat GPT cannot reach into its database because the thoughts only exist right now in somebody's head. That's where the advantage is going to come out. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. I mean, I'm on board with you, you know. Like right now, I think it's pretty easy to tell if something's been written by ChatGPT, let's say. If I post something on LinkedIn, I can always spot if someone has, has used ChatGPT to generate a comment. Oh, you know, they're so, my so post. weird, aren't they? They really freak me out. <laughs> yeah, and you're right. It's almost like what's off about it is that it's like trying too hard to be real or human. And that's the uncanny mm. valley, right? It's like, it's trying so hard that it's overstepped it or something. It's hard to put your finger exactly on it, but you're like, that's not real. Mm -hmm. That's fake. And that, and that bothers us, mm -hmm. you know? If you're creating content that could have been written by ChatGPT, then my guess is you're already not doing well with SEO because that wouldn't have been working so far. Mm. 
your question about is this content yeah. that we've been creating is it worthless well if it's the kind of content that could be replaced by chat gpt it's probably been worthless if it's the kind of content that's actually creative mm. that's actually thoughtful that actually is targeted at your audience that actually does some of the conversion work then no it's not threatened by chat gpt and it's not threatened by these changes that are happening at google yeah that seems true today at today. least mm -hmm. five years from now who knows and it's it's really hard to speculate although it seems like a pretty safe bet that this technology will continue to improve yes. and become less creepy, sort of crawl out of that uncanny valley and get, get closer to stuff that's really harder to mm -hmm. detect, you know, or that we don't get creeped out by, is my guess mm -hmm. anyway. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm not in the business of uh, predicting five years from now, <laughs> but, you know, sure. there's no way that this industry would remain stagnant for more than a year. There's, there is a big change in the SEO industry every single year. So uh, from now yeah. on, a lot of that will be about Google becoming more. But I think we're still a ways off from ChatGPT or any of these language models. Yeah. They're not, they still can't have experiences, you know, until they've got like a body and mm -hmm. independence and actual intelligence that is not just generated from what's out there. That's still going to be a disadvantage for AI. They cannot write a blog article and say, yeah. here's when this actually happened to me and how I handled it. That's never going to happen unless we give yeah. them a body and a you know full autonomy, which I don't see that happening anytime soon. Right. Although perhaps you could say the one exception might be that as more and more people use ChatGPT over time, that, that is an experience. So ChatGPT is interacting with human beings. Mm -hmm. And so it is having that experience. I don't know what that might translate to, mm -hmm. but that is a type of experience that it'll, I think it'll be fascinating to see as time goes on what that kind of constant interaction with millions and millions and millions of people allows ChatGPT to evolve into. Yeah, say. it's kind of scary when you think about it. <laughs> I mean, it's not just SEO that is at risk here. I mean, if it's able to do that, there's any number of industries that are going to be completely disrupted. What can we do about that? <laughs> well, I mean, one thing that you can do, I mean, this sounds, you know, a little hokey, but we need to be advocating for ethical watchdogs on this technology, which is something humans are notoriously bad at doing. Um, but, you know, the people who are watching the shop here don't should not be the people who are creating this technology. You know, I once asked ChatGPT, yeah. I said, who's in charge of your ethics? And it said, there's a team at OpenAI that is in charge of ethics. And I thought, wow, that's a bad answer. <laughs> we should be somebody else watching <laughs> the shop here and probably not politicians yeah. who are in their 80s and 90s either. So if you're listening to this and you're someone who's in this industry or working in this industry, you know, we really should be the ones who are advocating for this technology, even though we're excited about it, even though we want to use it. We need to be thoughtful about where it's going to take us, because if you think too hard about it, about what could go wrong, it gets to a really scary place. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's always going to be an issue. You know, who's overseeing this stuff and sort of creating guidelines, because whoever that is or whatever group of people that ends up being, they're human beings. They're all going to have their biases, right? And there's probably just no getting around that at the end of the day. I certainly don't have yeah. any answers there. I don't either. And again, even the stuff I've been saying about 
where I think Google is going, where I think AI is going the next year, I, I could be totally off the mark. It'd be interesting to come back and listen to this a year from now and see if I'm right, because yeah. technology will be out from Google by then at a, at a much larger scale, I would imagine. And it's impossible for us to know what's going to happen. And you can't really live your life that way, right? <laughs> you can't really live your life being like, well, the industry might die in five years, so I should give up now. If that had happened, I would have quit, or 2010. Yeah, right. I mean, personally, I'm just like, you can look back in history and every major technological change has creates these same kind of discussions. Mm -hmm. The sky is falling and everything's going to be destroyed. That rarely happens, right? Things do change. New opportunities are created. Some industries are disrupted to the point that they disappear, mm -hmm. right? You can't stop that kind of evolution, but you can go with the flow and sort of make the best of it and right and embrace those new opportunities. But I want to go back to something just for a moment that you said before that you can toggle right between or you will be able to toggle between, let's say, doing the old, the I'm calling it the old fashioned sort of search where you get the list of results and or toggle it towards, no, I, I want the AI, just give me the information. My, again, kind of speculating a little bit, I'm thinking the reason, like right now, why maybe people would be like, ah, I just want the list of results is because the AI is unreliable, mm -hmm. right? We know that it can tell you stuff that's just simply not true or just make stuff up, right? They call it like kind of hallucinating. Mm -hmm. But as that continues to improve and there's less and less of that and it's proven over time that, yeah, the information you're getting from this stuff is accurate, in fact, or there are ways to check it and so on. I'm just thinking for myself, if I could really rely on that over time, I would probably come to use it more mm -hmm. and more. You know, if I'm searching for the answer to a question or how to do something, it seems like I'd much rather just get an answer right away instead of having to go to like, you know, five different websites and hope to find the best one. So if in fact, that's where all of this is going. And again, it's speculation, but it doesn't seem unreasonable to me to, to speculate that that is where it's going. Then that would seem like in terms of SEO, you would just have to think about that in such a different way or figure out like, okay, in how people are now getting information, how can we position ourselves, our company to be part of that or be listed as one of the sources or something like that? Mm -hmm. you know, what do you think? Yeah, I think, well, it's interesting what you said about it being reliable. And one of the things that, you know, we may find that this whole toggle on and off thing is only a stopgap measure until it is good enough for us to just want it all the time or for Google to be happy enough with it all the time. Uh, one of the things Google just came out with, I think yesterday or today, they announced that they've cut the time in half that it takes to generate these AI responses, which was one of the major complaints people were giving, right, is like, I don't want to wait. When you search something on Google, it's instantaneous results, pretty much. These sometimes yeah. take a minute and humans are like really impatient. And they, won't, they don't want to wait. So we may see this toggle feature go away in the future. And again, I think you are right. Here's something to consider. So with SEO, a lot of the content that has traditionally performed well, as I mentioned, is a lot of this like how to explain or walk through content, right? Because people turn to Google when they have a specific question, right? How do I plant moss in my yard, right? All, all those kinds of things. You write the answer in a really thorough way. You have all the other SEO ingredients happening on your website. And suddenly you're getting a ton of people coming to your 
your article. Now, hopefully you have some calls to action, maybe a pop-up or something that pushes people to other parts of your website, because the truth is that article, that how-to article is not going to convert. And in fact, it's going to have, we don't call it bounce rate anymore. I guess we call it engagement rate. It's going to have a really low engagement rate because people are going to read it. People are going to get the information they want from it. And then they're going to leave your website. And that has been the case. And it's one of the hardest parts of SEO. And, and something I have to explain to my clients a lot is I can write these articles for you that are going to get a ton of traffic to your website, but the real work is actually making people enjoy those articles, making them want to read more, making them want to sign up mm. for your mailing list or a free trial or whatever it is. That's the real obstacle. And lots of people have played the SEO game and thought, oh my goodness, like we're winning at SEO because we have twice as many people coming to our website month on month, but their sales have gone nowhere or down even with mm. all that traffic. And so the content that is most likely to appear in a generative response are those same types of queries, right? When you ask those kinds of straightforward, how do I do this? What is that? Explain this to me. Those are the kinds of queries that are going to be taken over by ChatGPT, at least first. So yeah, that is going to make it really hard for a lot of websites that were relying on that kind of content because they did have all of those things set up to convert people once they landed on the website. But I don't think that those articles are probably overblown in how useful they have been in your overall strategy. A lot of times site traffic is a, a vanity metric. It's not necessarily the best thing in the world to have a ton of volume coming to your website. And it's quite controversial for an SEO person to say that, but we talk about the quality of the traffic coming to your website. And then there are certain things I think mm. that people will never look to generative AI for. If I want to hear a specific person who's an influencer talk, right? I'm going, you know, if I'm searching for my own name, right? If people are searching for Liam Carnahan, they might ask AI who is Liam Carnahan to get an idea of who I am. But for the most part, I think they're going to want to look at my podcast. They're going to look at my articles that I write, the blogs that I write, my website. Right? They don't really want AI to just tell them who I am. So there are certain things. That's maybe not the best example. But I do think there are certain things, a lot of them having to do with real humans, real thought leadership, real original ideas that people will not want to use ChatGPT for, at least for now. Yeah. Well, this is a fascinating topic. So much more we could talk about. But for now, Liam, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? So I run Inkwell Content Services, as you said, and my website is inkwellcontent.com. That's I-N-K-W-E-L-L content.com. I'm also super active on uh, LinkedIn. I post tons of free SEO and, and content marketing advice there pretty much every day and also have a mailing list that you can easily connect to on either space. If you want like my free SEO tools or guidance, all of that stuff. And I'm on the site formerly known as Twitter. So I'm the only Liam Carnahan okay. out there. So Excellent. you should be able to find me. All right. Excellent. Well, we'll put some links to your LinkedIn and, and to Inkwell in the show notes. And meanwhile, Liam, thank you so much for a fascinating conversation. It's been great talking to you. Thanks, Jeremy. That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. 
If you'd like to be a guest on the show, or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's C-O-N-N-Versa.com. The B2B Content Show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at conversa.com to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.